Hello and welcome to the Disc and That podcast. This is Nick Bordwell. It's been a while since I've recorded one, um, but that's just because I didn't know if I really wanted to do it or not. I didn't know what I was doing, and so I just kind of decided that um, that the Disc and That podcast needed to come back, especially for the off season. I can't play now. I live in uh, up near Fargo, North Dakota. It gets snowy, it gets windy, it gets nasty out. So, let's talk about the first topic. Disc and Dat News. So, at Disc and Dat, we like to talk about the news that's going on. And there's a lot of rumors swirling around everywhere. Where's Paul Ulibarri going? Where's Kevin Jones going? Where's Paul Macbeth going? And just recently, today, dropped by Latitude 64. The co-owner of Latitude 64 said that Ricky Waisaki will not be signing again with them this year. So let's uh, start start from the beginning. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones is a, uh, a great player, sponsored by ProDiscus. Um... Kind of found his breakout season last year at the USDGC. He was on lead card coverage. This year, he came back and he played just as well. Kevin Jones is one of those players that is dynamic. Um, and no, I'm not saying anything about dynamic discs. I'm saying that he is a dynamic player. He's got confidence and he's got swagger out on the course. Jeff- Kevin Jones is one of those players that if you pick him up, I think within the next couple of years, they'll be selling great product just by putting his name on the disc. Um, Another player that is kind of like Kevin Jones, in my opinion, if he just breaks out of his shell a little bit, is Austin Turner. Both of them throw a mile, and both of them in the future, I believe, are going to sell a lot of discs. Let's go back to the guy that is signing a new contract, that's Kevin Jones. So a place that some people think that Kevin Jones may go, according on the internet, because he throws far, is Dismania. Now, Simon Lazat just signed a five-year deal with Dismania. And while he was talking about his five-year deal on a different podcast, Smashbox, shout out to Smashbox, one of the best podcasts out there. Um, when asked if Kevin Jones was going to join their team for a Smashbox exclusive Simon Lazat said, I wish. Um, So what that makes me think is Kevin Jones is probably not going to be signing with this mania. Or Simon Lazat is just keeping it under wraps, which is extremely smart on his part because um, giving away other people's information isn't always the best thing to do. One place that I think would be great for Kevin Jones would be Discraft. Discraft has the overstable plastic he needs. He's been throwing uh, the Jokery a lot. I think if he threw a zone or challenger OS, something along the lines of that, um, he would be um, able to throw the same type of putter, um, sidearm, and backhand. Um, Kevin Jones approaches a lot with that putter. He throws it on a lot of uh, flat flat holes, uh, 300 feet straight, um, holes like that. He's throwing an overstable putter. So another place I think that Kevin Jones could go is Discraft. Um, somewhere else I would like to see Kevin Jones going, just because after Ricky Wysocki left, um, they don't really have anybody super huge. 
Um, I would like to see Kevin Jones go to Latitude 64. Latitude 64 does have an ability, anybody that's signed by Latitude 64, they have the ability to throw with the Trilogy lineup. Trilogy is the fan-given name of the three companies, the three brother companies, sister companies of uh, Dynamic Discs, West Size Discs, and Latitude 64. With that, I could see Kevin Jones throwing a uh, harp. I could see him mashing on enforcers. I could see him absolutely mashing on worlds. And, um, you know, Kevin Jones could go to Latitude 64 and be the face of Latitude 64. Finally, the last place I would love to see Kevin Jones go. And it, it's not... It, this is not a place that I think that he will go. I don't think they have enough money for him. I don't think that they would be able to afford him. But I think that he would have a good time there. And it would be another company that um, he would be the front runner is, is, is Legacy Discs. And a lot of people don't talk about Legacy. Um, but they have a full lineup basically now. Um, after they added their overstable mid-range to Pursuit. And he would be able to uh, trade out his Jokery potentially for a Pursuit. I know Sarah Holcomb does throw a jokery still, um, and she is the um, number one player on Latitude, on uh, on Legacy Discs. But I I think that Kevin Jones would fit there well. Um, they have rampages and outlaws and cannons and recons, very very fast discs that you would be able to mash a mile, and um, their mid range selection is. Um, relatively good for what he would need. I mean, they have Ghosts. Um, the Ghost is a great beaded mid-range. Um, it's a lot like a very true mid-range, like a rock. Um, and then they also have the Vandal and the Gage. And um, the Recluse is coming out. It's going to be like a Justice-type disc. And then they just got the Pursuit, which is a very overstable Gator, beadless Gator type of disc. So... I think that Kevin Jones would work great with uh, Legacy. He would be the front runner. Um, but problem with that is he's been for a while now uh, with a small company. And, of course, he is the face of Pro Discus, but maybe he's looking for a little more cash. Um, so, yeah, Innova, Discraft, Dismania, all those places would be great for Kevin Jones. Paul Ulibarri has been with Prodigy for a long time now. I think he came from Discraft. And he's one of my favorite players on tour. He commits to shots. He is very good. I would say he's probably one of the most underrated players on tour because people don't pick him to win, but Paul Ulibarri's always there. So I don't know where he's going to go. There's not a lot of talk surrounding him again. He's underrated. I would love to see him go to Discraft. I would love to see him go to Innova. I would, lo- I would love to see him to go anywhere. Um, nothing nothing against Prodigy, but if Paul Yulbari can find a better deal somewhere, I want him to take it. Then we got our boy, Paul Macbeth. The internet has been swarming or buzzing. <laughs> so Paul Macbeth, <laughs> things have been buzzing about the internet. Um, they've been saying that the McBuzz is going to come out 
And if anybody that throws Discraft, has watched Discraft uh, product, has thrown Discraft, the pros all throw the buzz from Discraft. Um, my favorite player ever is Nate Doss. Nate Doss has been throwing the buzz for a while now. Uh, I mean, I think probably ever since it came out. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he's been throwing the buzz for a while. Um, so with Paul McBeth leaving Innova, six, a 16-year or a 12-year, sorry, since he was 16 years old, I think, a 12-year deal left. He's He's been with them for 12 years, a 12-year relationship, not a deal. Um, he left them. He's, he's looking for bigger and better things. Um, so with the internet talking, I think Discraft could potentially be where he ends up. Um, but one major thing that I think would be crazy and that I've also seen is they're going to be making molds specifically for him. Paul McBeth is the best player in the world. Um, he had a better season than Ricky Waisaki. He has more world championships. He just won the USDGC. He's the best player in the world. Paul McBeth also, in my opinion, has the most leverage in selling discs. You slap his name on a disc and people are going to buy it. When I started playing disc golf five years ago, if I saw Paul McBeth's name on a disc, I was going to buy it because he was, in my opinion, the best player I've ever seen. So with them making him specific molds that fit his hand, that feel good for him, I think it would be a great move for Discraft or any company. But I think it would be a great move for Discraft mainly because they would be able to sell those discs for probably a higher price because they're Paul McBeth approved um, and people would buy them. There are diehard McBeth fans out in this world who threw, who putted with the McPro AVRs, who threw the McPro Rock 3s, T-Bird 3s, Roadrunners for their rollers. There are people that have dissected Paul McBeth's bags so much to the point where they throw the exact same bag. And I think if he comes out with his own run of discs, those people and many other people and the people that are starting are all going to be moving over to whatever Paul makes, whatever Paul puts his McBeast stamp on. So I hope to see Paul doing that. I think that would be great for the sport. Ken Climo has his name on so many discs. I think that if Paul were to make his own run of discs, it would be something special. It would be the start of something new. Because Ken Climo put his name on discs that were already being manufactured. Paul McBeth is going to make his discs and name them, put his signature on it, and sell them. If he does that, that will be the most legendary, um, special thing that has happened so far in this sport. The only thing I can compare that to is something along the lines of Jordan with his shoes. He got sponsored by Nike. Then he went and made a brand. He cultivated a brand. If Paul can do that, Paul has became the Michael Jordan of our sport. If he's not already. 
And then let's talk about Ricky Waisaki. Love him or hate him, Ricky Waisaki is a fantastic disc golfer. And I think he's going to go one place, and that one place is Innova. The reason why I think he's going to go to Innova is they have overstable plastic for him. He loves to rip on discs. They just came out with the AVRX3. It's a lot like a harp. And I know you harp throwers don't think that anything's like a harp, but trust me, I've, I've played with both, and the AVRX3 is much like a harp. Ricky can throw firebirds. Ricky will be able to throw destroyers. Ricky's game is so in tune with what Innova's lineup is that I can't see him going anywhere else. And Drew Gibson, he is the number one troll, in my opinion, on Instagram, on social media, and the number one disc golf troll. He's so funny. I think that this, this guy knows what he's doing. He told Rick, welcome home. Drew Gibson left Dynamic Discs to go back to Innova to throw his rocks, and Drew Gibson is a great rock thrower, a great Casey rock thrower, and he left to go to Innova. He told Rick, welcome home this year, and I, I think that that's where Rick will end up. He's going to end up at Innova, which, in my mind now, for Innova, they lost the number one player in the world. If they pick up the number two player in the world and they have Nate Sexton, that is some major marketing power. They barely lost anything, in my opinion. Right now, as we speak, you are either a Macbeth fan or a Waisaki fan. I never have seen people cheer for both. I've never seen people like both. They may respect both of them. They may be a big fan of both of them. Um, but when it comes down to it, you're either a Ricky fan or a Paul fan. It's like the Kobe LeBron debate when they were both playing in the league. Ricky has so many fans that Innova, if they pick him up, can put his face where Paul is. They could literally go into Photoshop. They li- they could do this. They could go into Photoshop, cut around Paul, put Ricky in there, and it would be almost as recognizable and almost as sellable. Notice how I say almost, though. Paul Macbeth moves more Frisbees than anybody else in the whole entire world. I will say that so confidently and so surely that please, please, if you guys want, please do message me and explain to me why Paul doesn't, why, how, potentially, Paul wouldn't throw, sell, and just be the number one marketable player right now in the pro disc golf realm. Paul McBeth, the brand, Ricky Waisaki is a brand Ricky's doing a little more with Saki Bomb. He's sponsoring players. He's, uh, you know, doing product and all that. But Paul, Paul Macbeth is a brand. And I, I think a lot of people would rather wear a Paul Macbeth shirt 
rather than a Saki Bomb shirt. That's just my opinion. So that's what I know. That's what I think. A lot of those were my opinions on the trade rumors. Um, and contracts are crazy. Disc golf is crazy. Let's move on to our next segment. And that is building a disc golf bag and what to do when you potentially want to switch the frisbees you're throwing. Discs, frisbees, whatever you want to call them. Because with all these guys moving, you have diehard fans of them. I think that it would be dumb to say people aren't going to be switching their discs. When Paul Macbeth comes out with his signature McBuzz, or whatever he's doing, a lot of people are going to pick him up. So I think the biggest portion of starting a uh, disc golf a disc golf bag building process is I always like to start with the putters. If I feel like I'm putting good, my whole game, my whole day is going better. My throwing putters and putting putters are what I start with. Find a putter that feels good in your hand. Um, maybe that is similar to the other brand you're throwing. Um, so if I'm throwing a, a a beaded AVR, a big bead AVR, and then I want to throw Discraft, I'm probably going to use a Challenger. They're both beaded. They're both deeper. They feel good. Um, so find your putter. Find the plastic you like. And then that putting putter, if it's relatively stable, use that as your straight throwing putter. Okay, pick up two putting putters, one throwing putter. Beat that throwing putter in, pick up another throwing putter. So now you have an understable, a straight to stable, and then I would always recommend a utility putter, one that's pretty overstable. Um, I think some people use the Marshall, some people use the Harp, some people the AVRX3, the Zone is a great one, um, the Jokery, find a throwing putter that's overstable, that's your putter lineup. With mids, it's a little harder in my opinion. When you get a good mid setup, you feel comfortable with them, that's where you'll make a lot of your shots through the woods. Your upshots, if you miss your drive off the tee, you don't feel nervous about your upshot because you know how your mid-range flies. So in building your mids, I like to find a mold that feels the most comfortable to me. Maybe has the closest in flight numbers to what I want. And then I like to build around that. So if I were to do that, let's say with Dynamic Disc and the Emac Truth. I would buy a Moonshine Emac Truth, straight to more overstable. I would buy a Fluid Emac Truth. Not Fluid, I would buy a Lucid Emac Truth. Fluid isn't made anymore. Uh, a Lucid Emac Truth. That would be my more straight. And then two Prime Emac Truths. One I would throw all the time until it got extremely understable. And then one, once that one got extremely overstable, I would start throwing a little more. You have every shot covered with that. Then I recommend two utility mid-range discs. 
one being extremely flippy and one being extremely overstable. Currently in my bag, what I carry is I have a Meteor. That's my extremely flippy mid-range. I have a Pro D Buzz. That is uh, more understable. I have two Z Buzzes. One I have thrown a ton. It's straight. The other one not so much. It's straight to stable. And then I have a big Z Buzz that just for some reason it's it's like it flies like a rock. It, it's straight overstable, not straight to stable, but straight to overstable. And then my extremely overstable is a Crystal Buzz OS. Um, so that is my uh, lineup right now for mids. I have every single shot I'll ever need. And one thing I would recommend with anybody is to try to throw the mid off the tee as much as possible because you can control the angle of a mid-range disc more than you can control the angle of anything else. You can put spin on it. You can have it float in onto a pin. And mid-range and slow stuff is, is fantastic to learn how to throw. Fairway driver, same way. Completely understable, completely overstable. Fill in your gaps. Distance driver's the same way. Then, when building a bag, I would recommend not completely diving all in right away to that new brand. That's something that I don't don't really do well. Um, if I want to start throwing Discraft, I'm going to throw Discraft plastic. The reason why is the consistency for me. I find that even Champion and Z plastic are different. ESP plastic is not like star plastic. They're different. They're gonna break in different. They're gonna feel different. I enjoy knowing what my plastics do throughout the line of my discs so that when I have to build my bag or when I have to add or detract from my disc, I or from my bag, I can take those discs in and out without any problem because I know the, how the plastic reacts. Um, but if you have a set of distance drivers that you love, they're all destroyers. They're all Paul Macbeth destroyers. And, and they're not just Paul Macbeth destroyers. They're the April Fool's Macbeth disc golf destroyers that go for a pretty penny. And he goes over to Discraft, and now he's doing Titanium Punishers as his main distance driver. I would add one Punisher. And then when you get that worked in, add another. And then take out destroyers as you go. So that you have the full flight by the time you have all of your Punishers in there. I think a full range of flights is the most important thing while building a bag. If you don't have a sidearm, which a, which a lot of people don't throw sidearms still, but if you don't have a sidearm, then you best have an extremely understable mid-range that you can throw on hyzer and it's still gonna break left to navigate the woods. And you better have a touch putter shot that you can turn and let it nestle by the basket rather than throwing a sidearm at it. You best have a roller 
And one thing I see with a lot of people that play disc golf regularly, and they only have one shot, sidearm backhand, either one, is they don't carry an understable disc or a straight disc for certain shots. So then when you get up to the tee in a tournament, you're handcuffed. Oh, I've never seen a shot like that before. I find that an extremely, extremely weak excuse. When you're playing disc golf at a competitive level or at any level, if you don't want to get better and you don't want to shape lines, then why are you playing in the tournament? Why did you not build your bag good enough? Is it a monetary reason? Because if so, then people will help you out. People will give you that really beat up disc in the back of their car that they found in the river six years ago that only flies right if you're a right-hand backhand thrower because it's like a paper plate. They'll give you that. Is it because you don't know how? You don't know how to build the bag? Or is it because you don't feel like you can throw an Anheuser? Building bags for disc golf is more of a art than it is fun. It's work. You have to think about it. And you have to think about every shot. And then you will be on the course and you will find a shot that you don't have a disc for. And you'll figure out how to work that disc into your bag. So from there, I would say find your shots that you're weakest at. Figure out how to build them into your bag. Make them something you're good at. I don't have a right-handed sidearm. I throw right-hand, backhand, left-hand sidearm. But turnover shots don't scare me. Holes that go left to right don't scare me. That's because I've gotten a roller. I figured that out. I have understable discs that I can throw on hyzer and they're still going to flip over and turn right. I figured out those touch shots, and I think that I'm not the best player. I'm not even that high rated, but I feel like I can execute on those shots more than a recreational player can, or more than a beginning intermediate player can, because I've tried, and I'm not making excuses for myself that, oh, I only throw backhand. I'll never make that excuse. That's why disc golf is one of the most beautiful sports in the game, in the world. Because the flight of a disc is truly unique to the player. I'll, I do not throw a turnover the same as Kevin Jones throws a turnover, and he doesn't throw it the same as Paul McBeth. Paul McBeth doesn't throw the same sidearm as Big Germ. Big Germ doesn't throw the same sidearm as Nate Sexton. Everybody has differences in their game, and everybody needs to learn them. What I don't take as an excuse is, I just can't do it. Because if you can't do it, or you think you can't do it, then you shouldn't be competing in a tournament, and you shouldn't be building a bank. So that was my podcast on building a bag, my, my section, not podcast, I'm building a bag, my third segment that I want to get into 
is why Minnesota Disco is so awesome. Guys, I live in Minnesota. I love it here. We have so many courses. And some of the best courses you can ever play. Kapoja. Blue Urban Pines. Vision Quest. Highland. Bryant Lake. These are all courses that are in Minnesota that are fantastic. But the true reason why I love Minnesota Disc Golf is because of players like Jordan Castro, Kayle Visca, Adam Van- Vansberg, players that are pros. Those guys are so down to earth. They're so awesome. Kayle Visca runs the Minnesota Majestic every year. I'm an amateur player. I can tell you right now, Kale makes everybody feel welcome in the disc golf community. Jordan Castro makes everybody feel welcome in the disc golf community. Kale runs a solid tournament. I was on lead card last year. He looked at all of us and he, he said that you guys should be proud and excited that you're on the lead card. This guy has played on huge stages. There's no reason why we should be proud in his eyes. But he still looks at us and he's Minnesota nice. And that's a real thing. And he is just a great guy. And Minnesota Disc Golf is more than Kaylee Visca and Jordan Castro and, and pros like that. I understand that. But when you're the biggest player in Minnesota. You're one of the best players to ever come from Minnesota. And you represent your state the way you do. I gotta give a shout out to Airborne Disc Golf and Kaylee Visca and just being a Minnesota disc golfer. So some unique things that happen on the disc golf course are super fun to talk about. Um, I've been disc golfing before and I've seen homemade carts I've seen. Oh, one lady ran into a tree with her car. That was crazy. Um, There's a lot of unique things that happen on the disc golf course. And I would just like people to share their stories on their social media about the most unique thing that's happened to them on the disc golf course. And hashtag it with hashtag disc-n-dat, D-A-T. Um, and hashtag disc and dat, and then um, post the most unique thing that happened to you on the course. I, I wanna see it. Well guys, thanks for listening to my podcast. It's a little bit of time allowing me to ramble about the disc golf world and be present within the disc golf world. Thanks. Have a great one. Go throw, th- go throw some plastic. Don't die. Don't get lost. Please be nice to everybody. Say please and thank you. And wash your hands. Thanks.